mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And in verse number 7 is where we make the emphasis here. He says, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Some people think, well, he laid aside his deed. No, no, he did not lay aside his deity. As a matter of fact, you can look, I believe it is it uh, uh, maybe Matthew, or I'm sorry, Mark chapter 9, where the, the, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was in the Mount. And if the chapter is wrong, I apologize. Uh, but in, in Mark chapter number 9, where Jesus' deity shined through his humanity. And his disciples who were there, Peter and James and John, they saw the glory of Jesus Christ, the glory of God. So Jesus did not, he did not separate himself from his deity. He simply robed his deity in flesh. As a matter of fact, to to better describe this, we can look in John chapter number 1. Turn there with me if you would please in John chapter number 1. But what Jesus did is he set aside his will. He humbled himself and said, okay, whatever it takes, God, I will do it. And the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse number 14, this great great scripture concerning the incarnation of our Lord. The Bible says, and the word who is Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But again, I think I've described this verse to you before or, or explained this verse uh, in, previous, uh, in a previous time. But the, word, the term was made flesh means that he tabernacled himself among us. In other words, he, he, he robed himself in, in flesh. And it, it points to that, that tabernacle uh, in the wilderness. That, that tent, that covering and inside was where God dwelled. At the mercy seat between the cherubim. It's where God's presence was. But you couldn't see it. Because it was covered. By all types of materials and, and tents and linens and fabrics. But Jesus did not lay aside His deity. If Jesus lay aside his deity, he was merely a man. And if he was merely a man, he was a sinner like you and like me. Unable, incapable of paying the penalty for our sin on the cross. And so with that in mind, tonight I'd like for us to look at the humanity of Jesus Christ our Lord Jesus Christ has one personality with two natures. As I said, He's fully, fully God, but at the same time, He is fully man. Notice uh, that Christ referred to Himself in such a way as to indicate His humanity. So for instance, in, in Psalm 2, turn to Psalm chapter number 2 tonight. Psalm chapter 2, in verse number 7. Psalm 2 and verse 7. The Bible says, I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my Son. This day have I begotten thee. Friends, Jesus is the Son of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. In John chapter 3 and verse number 16. 
But not only is Jesus the Son of God, He's the Son of Man. I'm thankful that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. This is Christ's favorite title for Himself. It's used in connection with His coming kingdom. In Matthew chapter 16, in verse number 27, the Word of God says this, as Jesus speaks, He says, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He shall reward every man according to His works. But He often uses this term in relation to His coming kingdom. He is the Son of Man. He refers to Himself coming in the glory of His Father with His angels to reward those who, are faith, who faithfully serve Him. But we look here and we also find that He is the Son of David. Turn back, if you would please, to, the, to Matthew chapter number 1. In Matthew chapter number 1, uh, in verse number 1, we find our Lord's royal title. It says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. You know, one of the reasons we are pre-tribulational and, but most importantly, even pre-millennial, is that Jesus Christ is a king. And there has to be a kingdom for Him to rule. You know, He can't come at the end of the kingdom or in the middle of the kingdom. He comes at the beginning of the kingdom. He rules that kingdom. For a thousand years. The word of God is very clear about that in the book of Revelation. But he's also the son of Abraham. Remaining in Matthew 1.1, it says, The son of David, the son of Abraham. Uh, This links the Lord Jesus Christ to the Abrahamic covenant. Does anyone know what the Abrahamic covenant is? Or have you heard that term? Turn back in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 12, we find the Abrahamic covenant. Or in other words, this is the promise, the covenant that God made with Abraham. And in, in, Genesis, chapter number, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, in verse number 1, notice what our, what, what our Lord says to His servant Abraham. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. This is God's promise to Abraham. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will, uh, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." Why on earth did God make this promise, saying that in Him would all all the families of the earth be blessed? Because of Jesus Christ. You know, because through Abraham's line, lineage, his, his seed, his genealogy, Christ came. And all the world is blessed because of Jesus. And, uh, but notice also concerning the humanity of our Lord. I want before we look here, I want you to turn with me to First Thess- yeah, First Thessalonians chapter number five. First Thessalonians chapter number five, and consider here what the Lord says concerning us. Of course, 
we know that we were made in the image and likeness of God, but how so? God is, God is a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but so are you and, so are you and I. And the Bible says in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in verse number 23, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your, uh, your whole notice, spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I, we're, we're more than what you see. We are a spirit. Our spirit is the candle of the Lord. The moment of salvation, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in our, come live in our hearts, our spirits. It's where we have fellowship with God. But then we also have a soul. What is a soul? Our soul is our intellect, our emotion, it's our will, it's who we are. Then we have our bodies, which is comprised of our five senses. But we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body, but so is Jesus. Our Lord Jesus Christ had a body, he had a soul, and he had a spirit. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, in verses 11 and 12, Matthew 26, verses 11 and 12, the Word of God says this, uh, for, uh, for ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. It says, for in that she hath poured this ointment on my body. She did it for my burial. Jesus had a body. Right, as, as a matter of fact, the Word of God says He bore uh, our sins in His own body on the tree. But Jesus had a body. But He also had a soul. Uh, turn, into, and even in verse number 38 of Genesis chapter 26, in verse 38, the Bible says, Then said He unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Of course, that's where Jesus is in the garden, where he's, while, he, while he's praying, he's sweating, as it were, great sweat drops of blood. Why is he so emotionally distraught? Because of his death, his impending death, and his soul, and his intellect, and his emotion, and in his will. All of that came into play. Nevertheless, not my will, but what thou wilt. All of these things were, were manifest in our Lord. But he also had a spirit. Turn to Luke chapter 23, please. Luke chapter number 23. Luke 23, in verse number 46. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The Bible says in verse 46 of Matthew 23, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into Thy hands I commend My Spirit. And, he, and having said thus, He gave up the ghost, the Spirit. Jesus is perfect in His humanity. But in that humanity, He experienced things just as you and I do. For instance, 
Christ hungered. In Matthew chapter 4, as Jesus is facing the temptation in the wilderness, in Matthew chapter 4, in verse number 2, it says, And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. If you didn't eat anything for forty days or forty nights, would you be hungry? Oh yeah, we'd be hungry. I'm hungry after forty minutes. You know. Our kids are hungry after forty seconds, you know. But also he thirsted. In John chapter four, turn to John chapter number four, please. We find that Jesus was thirsty, just like you and I are thirsty. In John chapter 4, in verse number 6, the Bible says, Now Jacob's well was there. Uh, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat on the well. It was about the sixth hour. Why was he? He was thirsty. He went to the well, sat down being wearied. Why would you sit on the edge of a well if you weren't thirsty? Right. Even on the cross, he cried out, I thirst. And they put a sponge full of vinegar and put it to his mouth. But Jesus also slept. He was tired. He slept. Turn to Matthew chapter number 8. Matthew chapter number 8. And consider what the Word of God says in verse 24. As Jesus entered into a ship with his disciples... The Bible says, And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. He slept just like you and I sleep. But in Luke chapter number 2, we find that Christ grew physically. In Luke chapter 2, turn there with me please, Luke chapter number 2. And notice what the Bible says in verse 52, the last verse of the chapter. The Bible says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He grew physically. He increased in stature. But I'm thankful for the next one because this qualifies our Lord not as if none of these others do, but considering that He's our great high priest we find that Jesus suffered pain and agony. In Matthew chapter 26, in verses 46 through 50, the Bible says, Rise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doth betray Me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Isn't it amazing what Jesus called this man? Friend. Wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And what did they do to our Lord? They mocked him, they beat him, and they crucified him. Jesus suffered pain. He suffered agony. Turn to John chapter 10, please. 
In John chapter number 10. In verses 17 and 18. The Bible says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And we turn over even to John chapter uh, number 11 in verse 35. The shortest verse in your English Bible. And Jesus wept. He suffered pain. He suffered agony. But in, in Hebrews chapter number 5. Oh, please turn to Hebrews chapter 5. And note what the Bible says in verses 7, 8, and 9. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto, the, unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. That's a great verse. It says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. <laughs> but he suffered. Friends, though Jesus Christ was a 100% man, he was not a sinner. Having been conceived by the Holy Ghost in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, and virgin born, Matthew 1 21. And though he was tempted with sin, he lived an impeccable life, a sinless life, a perfect life, qualifying him to be the one and only Savior of the world. And in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, notice what the Bible says. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. You know, we, we think of the humanity of Christ. He, he condescended to man. He became a man without ceasing to be God. And yet He lived like you and I live. He, he experienced everything that you and I experienced. Have you ever felt betrayed? Has your heart ever been broken? Have you ever been disappointed? Hurt? So has Christ. Therefore, He doesn't just show you empathy. He can show you sympathy. He knows. And you can come to Him in prayer. Notice what men concluded about Christ. What men concluded about Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 16, we find first century Jewish disciples confessed Christ's deity. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 16, Paul wrote saying, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto, unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. But God was manifest in the flesh. In John chapter 20, we find Doubting Thomas. 
right? Who was not there the first time Christ appeared collectively to his disciples. And in John chapter 20, in verse 28, after Jesus came and stood in the midst and, and, and said, Hey, come on, Thomas, why don't you come touch me, right? And I see the, the nail prints in my hands and in my side. Notice Thomas' conclusion. It says in verse 28 of John chapter 20, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. He confessed the deity of Christ. But consider also Simon Peter's confession. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 16 and verse number 16. As Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate at that mock trial, Pilate came out and washed his hands and said, I find in him no fault at all. The centurion standing by and watching Jesus suffer in agony and death proclaimed after he gave up the ghost saying, truly this was the Son of God. The thief on the cross professed, we have uh, we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He's perfect, sinless. And Peter described our Lord by saying, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Speaking of his sinless perfection. John described our Lord as Jesus Christ, the righteous. And the Apostle Paul said, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Yet as we come to Hebrews chapter number 4, as we close tonight, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 4, look here tonight at what the Word of God says. And if this does not encourage your heart, I don't know what will. The writer of Hebrews states that Christ was yet without sin. Look here as we close tonight. Next week, Lord willing, we'll finish this study. There's still much to go through and considering the redemptive work of Christ and, and His continuing work. But what does a relationship with Christ mean for you right now? I'm thankful that my salvation is a present possession. It's not something I'm going to have. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm thankful that he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So salvation is a present possession. But it's also a past transaction because Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. It was a past transaction. It took place in our time some 2,000 years ago. We also understand that it's our future hope. <laughs> it's a glorious hope, our glorious, uh, the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a blessed hope. There it is. Yeah. But what does it mean to me right now? Do you ever feel as if nobody understands? You've got some 
stressful thing taking place in your life and you just feel like, man, who can I talk to? You know, I can't talk to my parents. I, I can't talk to my friends. I hate to talk to my spouse about this. I, I don't want anybody to know and we just hold on to it. We don't have, that ought not be the case. Because in Hebrews chapter 4, we find that there is someone to whom we can talk. Someone who bids us come. Someone who has first-hand knowledge of everything we deal with on a daily basis. The Bible refers to him in the book of Isaiah as a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He knows. He knows everything you feel. And I hate to, to, to feel so emotional at times, right? I try not to rest in emotion, but he knows how you feel. He knows the sadness and sorrow of your heart. He knows the joy as well. He knows your fears. He knows your anxieties, your worries. He knows what frustrates you. He, he knows. He knows your needs. He knows your thoughts afar off. And He wants you and me to pray to Him. The Bible says, as Paul writes to Timothy, there is one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. It's interesting why how Paul emphasized the humanity of Jesus Christ. While in other places emphasizing the deity of Christ. But in Hebrews chapter 4, notice what the Bible says. In verse number 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Hold on tight! Don't be wearied and faint in your mind. It's going to be alright. Friends, it's going to be just fine. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So here's the conclusion. Let us, therefore, come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christians, the Lord knows. He's not out of touch. He knows. And He's not surprised. He knows. Because He knows you. He knows your down-sittings from your uprisings. As I mentioned a moment ago, He knows your thoughts afar off. He knows the words before they ever come into your mouth. We cannot flee from His presence. And yet our sovereign God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is 100% God and yet 100% man, lived and breathed and died and rose again in victory. And Christians, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Look to the Lord by faith. Pour out your heart to Him. He'll give you grace. 
He'll help you through. I'm reminded of the chorus, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way and all I need for tomorrow because my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. The Lord Jesus Christ, 100% God, 100% man, and you and I know him and can pray to him. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Christians, let's go to God by faith. Let's trust in him with all things, regardless of how we feel or what we think, because the Lord knows and he gives you grace. He gives you help in your time of need. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here tonight and say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I've got some things in my life right now that I just need God's help with. And I understand my need. I just go to him. Amen. Yeah. You can go to him. He knows. The Lord knows. Your spouse doesn't know. Your friends don't know. But the Lord knows. God knows. And you can come boldly unto his throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Right where you sit tonight, won't you pray and ask the Lord to help you with that situation? With the things that you face, the frustrations, the cares, the worries, won't you give it to God? Say, God, you know how I feel. Lord, give victory in this area. Make a way. Meet the need. Give it to the Lord. He'll give you grace to keep going. Father, we're thankful for Jesus Christ. Lord, we are not deserving to know you. <laughs> we're not deserving to have a relationship with you, but Lord, we're very, very grateful. Lord, we are eternally grateful for your death on the cross for us and your victory from the grave. And Father, tonight, as we, we don't want to emphasize your humanity to neglect of your deity or your deity to the, to, to the neglect of your humanity, because, Lord, that's you, 100% God, 100% man, who came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Lord, we're thankful for the salvation you purchased for us, and Lord, the relationship we have with you now. Lord, we understand that our salvation is not something that, that, that uh, makes us far from you. But Lord, it's, the Bible says you've, you've brought us nigh. We were far off, but Lord, we're made nigh by the blood of Christ. Lord, we're not out of touch. Lord, we're in touch with you. And Lord, understanding that this relationship is not distant but personal. Help us understand that we can pray to you and trust you for all things. Lord, we're thankful that you are our great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Lord, help us hold fast our profession. Help us not be wearied and faint in our minds. Help us not be overcome, 
But Lord, help us be full of faith, believing. And Lord, we pray that you'd give us grace uh, as we face these different challenges of life, knowing that, that you lived, that you've, you've, we're walking in your steps, Lord. This is not new ground. This is not new territory. You know. And so, Lord, strengthen our faith and our hope. Lord, help us pray with conviction. Help us pray with assurance and confidence that you can and will meet the needs of our hearts and lives. Lord, we pray for for these tonight, Lord, with unspokens and just things that, that are burdens upon our hearts. We pray, God, that you'd give victory, that you'd prove yourself faithful. Lord, we ask that you'd give us safety tonight as we leave this place and go home. We pray that the roads would be better uh, on the way home than they were on the way here. That you'd give us all safety. But Lord, we love you. We pray for a blessed conclusion to this week and a great day on Sunday as we gather in your name. But Lord, we love you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being here tonight. May the Lord bless you. Be careful going home. Heard it's supposed to be slimy out there tonight. So, God bless you.